The biggest lesson I have learned is no empire is built alone. The solopreneur is a myth. Uh, you can start in your basement. You can't, you can't end in your basement. No, no successful company is one person. So the biggest thing I have learned is, is to collaborate and to figure out how to get along with people, to figure out how to trust people, to figure out how to delegate to people, to not be the superhero, to not think that you're saving money by doing all the roles yourself. You're the marketer, you're the, you're the finance, you're the salesperson, you're the content creator, you're the social media, you're the mom, you're the wife. Like you can do anything, but you can't do everything. The queen of her own empire, Elena Cardone, started her career in Hollywood and soon became a successful model and actress. She's now an author, businesswoman, event producer, mentor, public speaker, and visionary, inspiring women to create their own empires that are truly fulfilling. She counts her current job as her most important one, chief family officer, where she is a loving mother, fierce wife, and loyal friend. Coming up, Elena shares early lessons from her childhood and her decision to move to Los Angeles, how she manages her time by balancing purpose, the importance of collaboration and understanding that no empire is built alone. Elena shares her secret tip to her hiring process. And finally, you'll learn more about Elena's programs to empower women. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Elena, we are so excited to have you here today. I have been following you on Instagram, I think since around the time I moved to Miami, which was uh, in 2020. And I am just fascinated by all of your content, your family life, your whole family, especially your two daughters. I think that they're absolutely incredible. So I'm honored to talk to you today because I need to know, how did this all start? How did you get here? Talk to us about the early days. Oh gosh, there's the early days pre-grant. There's the early days with grant. Let's go back to the pre pre-grant. Okay. So pre-grant, let's say I moved to Los Angeles when I was 17 years old out of New Orleans, Louisiana. My teen years were very confusing. I had experienced a, a real big trauma in my life where I witnessed my best friend who lived across the street perish in a fire, saw the whole thing. It was, it was not something I was able to confront easily at that age of 14 years old. I had been a tomboy my whole life. So I was already kind of programmed to hide all my feelings, never cry. Like when I was really young, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, I had, you know, as a girl, like I didn't want to be a girl, you know, like, cause then you were the sissy or whatever. So I always had to be stronger than the boys at that time and be tougher than the boys. And so coming out of that, now I'm only 14 years old, this situation happens to me. I did not know how to deal or cope with that. So then my solution became to just self-medicate with drugs, alcohol. So that was my teen years. You know, I was, I went down some dark paths. I had a lot more friends die, suicide, drug overdose, car accidents. I mean, it was just the, the mounting 
pressure, pain, depression, all of that was, was those teen years. It was covered by, it looked like a lot of fun, a lot of party and a lot of punk rock, rah, you know, but underneath all of that, that's really what was happening. So at 17 years old, in order to stop the madness and to stop, you know, having to walk out of my front door and have to see that house every single time I moved to Los Angeles at 17, not knowing anyone, you know, kind of found a life as an actress, model, turned my life around to a very good degree. But I became very independent, powerful woman, actress, never depend on a man for anything. I don't need nobody for nothing. I don't want to be married. I don't I didn't even really think I wanted, you know, to have kids. So that took me all the way to about 30. So that was that life. And then I end up meeting Grant and you know, at 30, I finally get married to him. I tapped out. I submitted. Where did you meet him? I met him on a commercial shoot in downtown Los Angeles. He knew the director. So uh, he was invited to the shoot and I saw him, didn't think anything of him. At that time, I only hung out with actors and rock stars. Like I didn't know business people in the business world. So he didn't even come across the radar. I had no interest in him. He calls me and, you know, I had this one disastrous phone call with him where I just thought he was this arrogant, rich guy who think he could buy women or impress women, which, you know, moving to L.A. at 17 and now I'm in my late 20s. I was like, Paul, please. So not interested in him. Thought like it was he, he was like the worst I thought I'd ever seen, you know. So I didn't answer any of his calls for the next 13 months when he called twice a month, every month and left a message on my answer machine. From that point, we became friends. And that's when I really that's when he really separated himself out of all the other guys where it was like, God, there is something this man sees in me that is beyond the poo nanny because no other guy would deal with all the little mistreatments that I did to them. They would just leave or get angry or get discouraged and whatever, or whatever. But Grant just constantly showed up, was there and I don't know. He finally broke into my heart, you know, because mm. really the not letting a man in was really about protecting myself from experiencing a loss where I could be that crushed again. Mm. So it didn't matter that even though the incident happened with my best friend, Goldie, it just transferred to everyone. No one can get mm. in, you know? And so then I found myself in the first couple of years of my marriage still operating as I have to be the strong, independent, powerful woman, never depend on a man for anything that was like ingrained in me. And if I did, I was a sellout to all of the women across the world. And that's how I acted. So then my husband and I kind of always clashed in the beginning years because I was vying for this like woman's rights position. And so we were working on our own things in the day, doing well, but coming home and battling each other. We weren't really gaining ground. Mm. And then to wrap up this long question that I've drawn out in 2008, I was pregnant with our first child. We were on the verge of losing everything um, financially. We were under a lawsuit for the first time. My career as an actress was over. I was pregnant, you know, which that does have a toll that takes a toll in Hollywood. 
Anyway, at that point, I realized, you know what, I have to put all of my considerations about what women who I don't even know, but existed in my head would think about me if I traded in my acting career in order to actually support a man and bring whatever I can bring to the table to make him and us reach a heightened level of success together. So that's what I did. And then that's when I realized, wow, my true power and strength as a woman didn't come from just this is my reality. I didn't want this to be my reality, but this is the reality that I live with now is that being with a man and being able to depend on him and him depend on me in the world of codependency is horrible was false to me because the more that we could depend upon each other, the more that we could fortify, the more that we could, Mm -hmm. you know, really work as a collaborated effort together and make this mission happen, the stronger we became, the more fortified, the more in love we became because Mm -hmm. we were winning and fighting side by side. And I was doing my role at hundred percent. He was doing his role at hundred percent. And the two of us were 200%. And we were, we, we were just actually starting to make ground and, and headway. So the irony of it all is he didn't give me the strength and power as a woman, but the things and the challenges that he presented with me that I then had to challenge myself to overcome and become made me greater as a woman. So um, it's just very ironic how the whole thing switched to a 180. And now I'm just, you know, really believe in the power of that unit. And why not, you know, why not be able to trust, depend and support the person that you are married to? Thank you for sharing all of that. I am fascinated by the story. What was your first business venture together? Well, when I traded in the acting career, I started working with him. He had a training business where he would train auto dealers, car dealers um, with sales training technology. So then I would go in and book all of the spaces and in the hotel rooms all across America for him to then go out on these tours and then upsell to the product. So I kind of went into his business, you know, and then from there, we just kind of expanded and grew into Cardone Capital, Cardone Training Technologies, all of which are run by other division heads. Me just kind of being the behind the scenes operations everything running, basically everything Grant Cardone. So to facilitate him to be able to deliver in all of these areas is how we've kind of structured the organization for many, many years. We've And as we've grown, we've been able to expand, which then I don't have to do all the roles that I was originally doing in the beginning. So now we're up to the point where, you know, the kids are old enough. I'm certainly not stepped out of my mom role, but certainly I'm not as hands on when I was breastfeeding and watching when they were walking that they weren't running into or falling down. And, you know, I was really a stay at home mom for uh, a number of years until they were old enough. Now they're old enough. Now I'm doing my build an empire, 10X ladies. Now I'm creating the largest, most successful real estate team in the world with the EXP platform. So now I have my quote unquote, my own sort of entities, but it's all under the Cardone umbrella because every single branch or division that I'm in has the sole purpose of being a funnel to everything we do, Grant Cardone, if that makes sense. 
No, that's so helpful to, to hear. I would love to understand how do you best manage your time? You are involved in a lot of different things and it's helpful to hear that everything that you do funnels up to this larger venture, but how do you manage your time and figure out what areas of the business to really focus in? So I've really um, narrowed down my purpose, right? So, I mean, I'm very clear on my purpose. So in the beginning, you know, in 2008, when, when the economy collapsed in 2008, my purpose was to survive. My purpose was to not lose it all. My purpose was not to care about you or anybody else on this call. My purpose at that time was only to not go broke. Now, I only say that because I want people out there that might not have the purpose. I don't want you to get so stuck on, you know, oh, what is the ultimate purpose? You can change your purpose depending on where you're at with your life. So from 2008, not was to, to not die. Basically, it was to survive. Then it evolved into my purpose, which still is my purpose, which is I want to be supporting, showing active interest in the success of Grant Cardone. I believe in his products and materials that it can transform somebody's financial condition of their life when they actually apply his data. So I facilitated all the behind the scenes operations so that he could produce and deliver that material and people could have wins. When people have wins when with grants, products and services, I'm also the benefit of that win because I'm making a difference, right? I did that for a number of years. I'm not going to ever disown that purpose. As I've evolved now, I have another purpose. I want to empower women on this planet. You know, empower means to, to make stronger and make more confident, especially controlling their life and claiming their rights. So I have this real empowerment of women and I want to restore the family dynamic in society. So those are my main purpose lines, the last being, I want to help realtors become financially free um, through this, this other EXP model that I was telling you about. So those are my purposes. Now that I'm so clear on those purposes, it really helps me to distinguish what activities to get involved with and what activities to leave alone. So that's how I do it. Like when people come to me, I can immediately assess, does this fit into my purpose lines? No. Okay. Well then I can guide you to that person, this person, or that person, but I'm not wasting time with you. I'm not becoming your friend. I don't hang out. I don't do loaf time. I mean, I do earned loaf time, but I'm really on a mission to create a spiritual legacy for myself with this portion of my life. You know, I'm about to, to hit 49 soon. So I'm, I'm just in a different era. I'm in a different space. So that's what I'm looking to do. I, so I don't waste a lot of time with drama with, I don't get distracted. You know, there's, there's causes out there. Of course I care about there's, but I really, unless they fit in my purpose line at this point in my life, until I hander my sector, until women, until the value of a woman is restored to this globe, how valuable we are. And we have to know our power. The power, again, the definition of power means the capacity or the ability to influence the behavior of others. I believe women have the power, not that the men don't, but I feel innately 
have a power to influence the behavior of others. And if we're going to change the condition of this planet, I believe enough women need to come own that responsibility and actually influence the people around them. Starts with themselves. Then it starts with your husbands, your partners, your children, your community. And we are going to be the one to save this planet. So until I handle my sector, I have to trust somebody else's purpose lines on the ocean. I can do what I need to do by every time I see trash on the on the beach, pick it up. And that's my contribution. Or I can say, hey, don't litter. You know, even those small things is taking a, a, a role or a position. Right. But I'm not going to go head the charge on that. I'm going to leave those charges for the people who have designated themselves for that sector. So you understand I'm not running off in all these other purpose lines, even though they might speak to me because I haven't handled my sector yet. Mm -hmm. So you asked me how I do it. It's I'm very clear on what it is I'm doing, what I need to see to know whether I'm hitting those targets. And until I can, you know, have a pass on that, then I can move on to what may be my next purpose line. Thank you for sharing that. What are those targets? Do you have like definitive numbers that you're looking to hit to get there? Yeah, I'm looking for 100,000 agents on my team uh, with EXP. Uh, and the next one is about numbers, financial numbers. I, I, I want, okay, another barometer for me is I want to be able to fill a stadium for about 80,000 women globally for a women's international conference, you know, where I have multiple speakers. Anyway, that that would be a target. Like, wow, that that would that takes a lot to fill 80,000 seats. You know, the whole build an empire mastermind and all the things that I want to do with the elite ambassadors. And those are the women that are trained in delivering my content and speaking on stages. So I want that to hit. Um, around 100 million uh, and then 500. And then, you know, can, how far can I go beyond that? And the reason I pick numbers is because because I might not hear all the success stories. I might not know what's going on. But for me to have transacted a product and put it in that many people's hands to exchange that many services with that many people, that tells me something like Coca-Cola you know, is on the Forbes list because they're a multi-billion dollar company. But why? Because they distribute their product to, to so many people that transact. So I have certain numbers in place, um, you know, not that I need to hit it to prove to myself that I am somebody because, you know, whatever, because some people can hear that and misscrew it, especially if they don't understand money. What are some of the biggest lessons you have learned as an entrepreneurista? The biggest lesson I have learned is no empire is built alone. The solopreneur is a myth. Uh, you can start in your basement. You can't, you can't end in your basement. Mm -hmm. No, no successful company is one person. So the biggest thing I have learned is, is to collaborate mm -hmm. and to figure out how to get along with people, to figure out how to trust people, to figure out how to delegate to people, to not be the superhero, to not think that you're saving money by doing all the roles yourself. You're the marketer, you're the, you're the finance, you're the salesperson, you're the content creator, you're the social media, you're the mom, you're the wife. Like you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And that was one of the biggest mistakes that kept me small for too long is I felt like if I invested money 
time and resources into people that that was somehow going to cost me. I didn't realize that when you pour time, energy and resources into the right people Mm -hmm. and you've got to know the right things to look for. But when you do that, they don't cost you. They actually expand and grow and and make you um, more of. So I've really understood the value um, of a team. And that was a, a mistake that that cost me probably about 10 years. Tell us about how you decide who to hire and what you look for. And are there certain interview questions that you ask to really learn about the potential candidate and if they're going to be a great fit for your organization? So there's a, there's a couple of tricks that we do for hiring. Um, number one, like for instance, before they even get in front of me, a qualifier will be we'll say send a 30 second or a 60 second, whichever, whatever we say, right? It's either 30 or 60 second video about yourself. I try not to tell them too much, just that, you know, then I wait to see what comes back. How long did it take for them to give a 30 or 60 second video? Did they come back with 10 million questions? Um, Well, what am I supposed to say? And what do you, you know what I mean? Like a little bit of that, I think, okay, I understand it's a valid question, but But some of that I'm also looking at, can you have common sense and can you problem solve? What would you think I would be wanting from a video? You know, do you think I want you in a bikini on a beach telling me how you're going to be professional on the phones? Like, do you know what I'm saying? So I can tell a lot from the video. I can tell also, I can tell from the video, if I said 30 or 60 seconds and you sent in a three minute video, it tells me it's a, it's a, it's a red flag. It's a Mm -hmm. sign. It's like, okay, so when I'm going to be giving an order in the future and I want something 30 to 60 seconds, are you going to overcomplicate it? Are you going to misduplicate the order that was given to you by doing all this unnecessary add-on stuff. Why can't you express yourself in 30 seconds or 60 seconds? Because normally I'll just kind of know right away whether I'm going to call them in from that video. You know, I, I look at how somebody presents themselves, how they show up physically in the physical universe. Are they prepared? Are they, you know, how do they care about their appearance or, you know, that stuff matters to me. I care what people are saying and representing in the physical universe about themselves. So then when they're in front of me, I do. I ask them questions. I want to know things. I want to know um, what they think of their last job, what they thought of their last boss. I want to know how they got along with their last people. What was what did they like about their last job? What did they not like about their last job? I get a lot of data from that. If they go on and this person was horrible and that person was horrible and their boss was this and that, they're going to come into my organization and be that same complainer, victim, make everybody else wrong. They're going to start a whole gossip session. I don't want problems. Like I, I, you know, even when I say, what was the problem that you didn't like about your boss? Like when they're like nothing, my, it was amazing where I just moved or whatever and blah, 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 blah. But I love this about it. What I, what I would have liked better is if I could have done this or that, but, but you know what I'm saying? So I look at that. I look at, I try to give them the mission statement of the company, our core values. I have them give examples of how they could apply that. I have them give me examples of how they could see somebody misapplying that and how that would go against what we're about. I see if I ask them if they have a situation or problem with that. And then lastly, I give them a task. So like, for instance, if I'm doing something for social media or, or whatnot, and it's a video guy, I'll say, here's a whole growth con speech of mine. 
you have 15 minutes, make me a one minute video of myself doing whatever. And I want to see, can they do it? I don't expect it to be perfect in 15 minutes, but what did they do? Did they complain? Were they like, you know, how do they handle overwhelm? How do they handle? So those are a lot of the things I look at. Are they gossipy? Are they nattery? Are they, you know? Is there a video that really stands out to you that you will always remember? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There is, there was this like French woman. She was just amazing. Back in the day, Grant and I were always like, oh, he's a freak. He's a super freak, but like in a good way, like they worked and and she just did this whole really unique video about super freak and (laughs) dang it. And I am super freak. And then it would switch to this and that and her. And it was just like, we were blown away. It was so original, so creative, so fun, so upbeat, so captivating. It was, it was just, yeah, that was the only one that really like went off the charts. And, you know, we hired her for a long time and she worked well and she moved on, but it was, it was a great video. And the one that stands out to me, which is just like, unbelievable was the girl in a bikini, like (laughs) hanging out everywhere, trying to get a sales job on Grant's team, like (laughs) laying on the beach with cleavage hanging out everywhere. I was just like, in what universe does this make sense? Like, I I, I couldn't even think with it. I'm like, (laughs) she's so disconnected from professionalism and the workplace, like her body was beautiful. I was like, my God, she's gorgeous. She's got a tan. She's, but that's not what I'm looking for. I don't need you to be gorgeous on a beach to pick up a phone and make sales calls. I need you professional and having the wherewithal to know the difference. Thank you for sharing that those stories and tips. And I had never thought of that before asking for videos from candidates. So that is never look at resumes. I don't believe them anyway. You know, it doesn't matter. We don't care if you went to Harvard or you don't need a college degree to come work for us. You need to agree with the mission statement, the core values, and you have to be willing to be competent, mm-hmm. you know, be competent. Can you produce tangible products, productivity, production within our organization? You're in. How big is, how big is your team now? We have like over, I don't know, 700 employees, but that's everyone underneath Cardone headquarters in Miami. We have about 185 now. What's been the most surprising to you about scaling your business and bringing on such a large team? I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm really not surprised by much these days. (laughs) I think what's surprising is that people don't realize what it takes to scale. They don't understand the steps. They don't understand how much has gone behind it. So, you know, I think what's hard for me is when people come in and think that this just all happens and it's super easy. They think they can do it on their own, or they even think, they're responsible for it, (laughs) you know, where they were like a little cog in the wheel. Not that I focus on this or worry about this too much, but when they leave and try to steal your material and your community of people. And, you know, I think that's what's surprising to me is because I expect people to have honor and integrity, you know? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. All right. This is a fun segment we like to do. We're going to ask you a few rapid fire questions. So the first word or words that comes to your mind, are you ready? Yeah. 
All right. How would your kids describe you in three words? Loving, funny, rule maker. What is your favorite app on your phone? Instagram. Us too. (laughs) Is there a favorite business tool or solution that you've used in your business that you can't live without? Cardone training technologies, the Cardone University. Finally, what is your superpower? Infrastructure mindset and support. That's my jam. I'm infrastructure mindset and support. I love it. (laughs) What does a typical day outside of work look like? That's interesting. Like I'm always working. Like Mm -hmm. for me, work and production is what keeps me on the road to happiness. So I'm always working, but outside of work, hanging out with the kids or watching movies. I have a trampoline in my backyard, which is on the beach in Miami. So I love to jump on the trampoline. I'm hyperactive. I always like to be in movement. Um, I love MMA. So I train almost every day. So that's outside of work. Do you have a very like regimented schedule? Do you have everything planned out for the week? Are you more go with the flow? No, 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 no. I don't do go with the flow. (laughs) I mean, I can go with the flow because my life is very, things change and I have to be mercurial, you know, mercury, you can't grab it. I think that's a strong suit of mine that I can adapt and just and move. But no, I, for where I'm going again, my spiritual legacy, I have too much that I'm trying to achieve Mm -hmm. in this lifetime that it's almost impossible. You know, I want to reach the planet. So that's 8 billion people. It's kind of a big target. So I have every single moment calculated Mm -hmm. in my planner that I receive daily. I get a week ahead of time, but I know when I'm taking my vitamins, eating breakfast, uh, making the phone calls on the podcast, putting in self-enhancement time, when I'm spending time with the kids, when I'm so, yes, I am. There's no white space. Um, You know, me, I get in trouble with white space when I get bored when I'm idle, I don't feel good when I relax, when I feel like I haven't earned it. It doesn't feel good for me. What what feels good for me and what keeps me energized and winning is when I'm on purpose, I'm hitting targets, I'm making productivity, I'm happy, I'm thriving, and I'm a whole lot nicer and wonderful to be around when I'm on that path than I don't know what to do with myself. Like, I, I don't like that space. No, I, I hear you. Courtney and I talk about this all the time because we have a few different businesses and like can't help ourselves because we just, you know, love everything so much and love to organize and, but keep going. How do you, how do you time block your day? Like, do you have specific strategies that you use to organize all the things that you're involved in and that you want to focus on? Yeah. I mean, I have it laid out. I have two assistants and I've had to put policies into place. So like if someone wants to book a time with me to talk to me really about anything at first, I was like, oh, I I can't have my friends go through my assistant. That's just weird. But the problem is, is I tell someone I can do something. I either forget because I haven't told them because I have a million other things going on. They get mad at me. I'm like, oh, I'm a bad person. Do you know what I mean? Now I just have a policy. Like, I don't care who you are. I can say yes to you. And I tell them on the phone, unless, you know, this gets put on the calendar, you can't trust that it will happen. So I save myself a lot of heartache that way. So yeah, I do have systems into place to protect me from, you know, one, uh, one thing that I pride myself on is that, you know, honor my commitments and, and my word. I mean, all we have is our word. So I can't afford to fumble in that area because, you know, confidence and 
competency has gotten me to where I am. And that's what's going to lead me to being able to bother women to really have the confidence in themselves to, to go out and ask them to do what I'm asking them to do. So confidence comes from doing what you say you're going to do. So absolutely. I have systems into place to help me remember everything, organize everything, do everything. I have people like when I'm working at my work, unless my assistant is bringing me food, I'm not, I can't even think to feed myself. It seems like the, some of the easiest tasks that seem so easy and normal for other people are, you know, kind of challenging for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you have the right team and you found the right team around you by uh, doing those video interviews. So <laughs> yes, you bring on the right team to help. <laughs> I do. I bring on the right team and they get it. They believe in me. They want the same thing so they can take ownership. This isn't my thing. This is like, this is like a women's thing. So I've attracted some really powerful women that get it. And, you know, my win is their win. I love and, it. You know, we are stronger together. I, that's totally. what I said in the beginning. Yeah. I think I had to do everything on my own. Now I realize it's about the power of two or more. It's about collaboration. It's about an empire. It's not about doing it alone. Our whole event this weekend, our whole theme was collaboration over competition. Like that is what it is all about. For sure. I'm, 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 I'm a competitor. I competed everything, but yes, I know what you're saying over competition, meaning like cutting somebody out, but I always have to have my game and my targets for fun, you know, but agreed in the context that you're referring to, I million percent agree. I need to know, do you have a morning routine? How do you set your day up for success? I wake up and train about two hours a day, one and a half to two hours a day. That's, that's how I start my day. I get the hardest thing out of the way. I don't want to do it. I only like it after I do it. I confront the hardest thing, the most you know challenging thing. And then the rest of the day becomes easy after that. And it's just good for me to get the self-discipline in. Mm -hmm which has really become such a strong tool and an asset for me because I've learned to do something no matter how I feel about it, whether I want to or not, or, oh, I'm sad today, or, oh, I'm tired, or I don't want to do it. But the discipline has really been the tool that just makes me do it anyway and not care as much about my poor little feelings and what they're telling me to do. I just do it anyway. And I, I just feel like that separates the professional from the amateur. And it's really the only difference between maybe my success and somebody else's success is I did it on the day I didn't want to, and you did not do it on the day you didn't want to. It's the only thing that separates us. And over time, I've gotten more accumulations and further and farther ahead because I just didn't stop. I kept going. You have a big vision and I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to achieve it, but we all know that in order to get to where you want to go, you got to take baby steps or just take, do things step-by-step. Step. So what are you most excited about to happen over the next two months? What's upcoming for you? It's really about building out this team with, with EXP, bringing more realtors into the organization and really helping structure their lives so where they can have financial success through this model. So I'm really excited to see what I do in the next two months. 
And then also in the next two months, I'll be delivering my next Build an Empire Mastermind. And those are just extremely rewarding to me because I work one-on-one through a workbook that I've written. Uh, I have this one-on-one time with other women to really deep dive into their life so that by the time they're done, they have the custom blueprint instructions of the exact baby steps to the big steps, to the leaps, to the bounds, to the run of having the life that they always imagined and dreams into reality. So that's really the funnest thing. And the most exciting thing that I'm doing right now is those build an empire masterminds. I love that. So I have a question for you because I know you have children who I think from your Instagram seem a little bit involved in your business. I have an almost three-year-old who I feel like is very involved in our business. She's on our Zoom calls and sometimes comes in for our podcast recordings and loves the computer at three years old, almost three years old, which is really fun to see. Um, and, And she sees hard work every day. So can you share a little bit about how you have shown your children, you know, what entrepreneurship is, what hard work is and, and how they've been involved in the business? Yeah, you know, I've really indoctrinated the children from a young age that we're Team Cardone. It's a team effort. This is what we do. We want to make a difference for the better on this planet. We want to help people. These are our products and services. This is what it does for people. Do you like that? Are you on board with that? Okay, this is what we do. So you know, so they've been indoctrinated on that. Here's, you know, you have a role in this family. If you want to contribute in that way, do you want to roll? Yes. You know, because kids want to help, right. They don't want to be like a kid. Like they can't, you know, be competent and can't do things. So they always want to contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, they wanted to contribute. They're allowed to contribute. It's, it's a way of them like feeling in exchange with the family, you know, for being given a home and clothes and all the stuff that you provide a child, they want to feel like they give back. They want to let you know that they're thankful and, and they want that. So if it's, you know, when it's a baby and they smile, you know, I've encouraged that. Thank you. Look at you. You made an impact on me. You know, when your child comes in and she's interested in the computer, I could suggest to you that she's interested in the computer because she associates mama on computer means work. So if she comes comes over and gets on the computer, she's helping you work. So Mm -hmm. if a mom is like, stop it, stop working, you're refusing your child to being able to exchange with you Mm because that child wants to help. Mm -hmm. They always are looking for ways to help. So that's another thing when my kids would come in. And even though it sometimes is like, you have to take a breather because you know, you don't want that at that time, just being like, Oh my God, thank you so much. You helped me so much. Okay. I have to get to this, but you can, you know, set them onto something yeah. else. So I've, I just feel like I've indoctrinated them, let them know that they have a role and, and any way that they contribute is actually helping the other person. So mm-hmm. when we have to leave and go on the road and not be with them, they're not being left behind. Their role is actually protecting the house, Mm -hmm. um, not creating distractions so that we can focus on other people. When they do that, they have helped the other people and they're rewarded when we come home. Yay, Team Cardone, we did great. We helped these many people. Thank you. You did such an Mm -hmm. incredible job. Thanks for taking care of your nannies. You see, it puts them at a cause point and not an effect point. Mm -hmm. So they've always been contributing members. They do 10 X kids. They, you know, speak at the growth conferences, they get on podcasts, you know, so they're really in their, their team Cardone. 
I love it. It's actually funny. You say that at night, every night we do high fives all in go team carton. So we're, we're already on the, (laughs) already on the team carton page. So when she, whenever she's old enough, let me know when you do your kids events, Molly's coming. (laughs) Okay. I love it. We're, we're working on that actually. Amazing. Well, we can talk to you all day, but we have one final question for you. What does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? It means being a woman, right? It means being a woman who is willing to take responsibility for her power, for being able to contribute to society with her products and services, making a difference for the better and collaborating and empowering other people along the way. Absolutely. We couldn't agree more. And as Courtney said, we could stay here and talk to you for hours. So we will have to continue this conversation for sure. Where can everyone find you and follow you? And for entrepreneurs who might be interested in some of your programs or getting involved, what's the best way to reach out to you? They can go to elenacardone.com and they can see everything there. Elenacardone.com. I'm Elena Cardone and Instagram. I'm Elena Cardone everywhere. And if they're interested in the Bay Mastermind, they can go to baymastermind.com. And I, I don't want to overwhelm with too many links, but we'll, we'll put everything in the show notes. So oh, okay, great. We'll put everything below. So if you, for everyone who is listening and you're interested, go to the show notes below and we will link out to everything there. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Courtney. And this is the best business meeting we've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entreprenista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entreprenistas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.